Hi, welcome to Let's Humanize the Workplace. And this will be the last episode of 2020. And oh, what a year it has been. My name is Vivian Aqua, and I'm the Inclusive Workplace Wellness Advocate. And I do have to admit, ever since that we are in a lockdown in the Netherlands, so kids are working home or they are homeschooled now. I'm trying to minimize the workload and I'm still doing that already. But I also know that these conversations, people have told me that they find a lot of inspiration from these conversations. So this will be the last conversation uh, of 2020. But if you have missed the previous conversations, know that I'm on LinkedIn or I'm on YouTube. I'm on a podcast if you want to beat the Zoom fatigue and still listen to the valuable content, know that I am. Uh, you can listen to the episodes on uh, iTunes or Google Podcasts or on other famous podcasts as well. I do have to honor one person or the person that started everything, right? He started giving me inspiration to move away from corporate workplace and to start doing workplace wellness and on top of that doing amplified dei so i owe everything to orlando here he was three he's now seven but i owe everything to, up to him so i will mention him from time to time but he's my pride and joy he's my everything he's also annoying when he shows me the mirror and he's confronting me with things but then again kids are amazing so cherish them value them because i value mine as well um, this quote means the world to me because um, sometimes we forget, even if it's just, you know, just opening a door or making connections or creating the next impact where you are lifting one person, maybe a whole group, maybe a whole tribe as you climb. I couldn't have been here where I am now without my mentors. I couldn't have been here where I am now without the many amazing people that I've met along the way. And also the people on LinkedIn, you know who you are. Um, you have opened up your network to me. You have opened up uh, great connections, great friends, great business friends, great, great ideas to me. And I want to say thank you. So this is actually a tribute to all the amazing people that I've met while I've been growing, while I've been doing this, while I've been doing humanizing the workplace, but also Amplify DEI, this is my tribute to you. So thank you. And I want to bring up the following guests. Um, I'm going to bring them one by one and also going to mention something about them. So first of all, I have Heather. Heather is an experienced keynote speaker, author, and also CEO of Employee Fanatics, um, leading employee engagement, leadership development, and DEI consulting firm. And I have Daniela Faletti, and she is a diversity, inclusion educator, inclusive headhunter, and also an executive career advisor. And last but not least, I also have Betty Hines, who is a strategic business consultant whose firm primarily focuses on CEOs and their executive management team. And people also know her as the business contractor. And like I said, I am the inclusive workplace wellness advocate. Everything related to workplace well-being or DEI is my jam. But today 
I want to tribute those who are lifting as they climb. And I want to also share something about the concept as well. I am seeing hello. <laughs> Thank you, Emma, for this podcast. Thank you. And also Alejandra, who is an ambassador for Daniela. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, let's start with the first question. I want to start with you, Heather. Why do we need to humanize the virtual workplace? I think the, the main reason is that people are in pain. I mean, they've been in pain for a very long yeah. time, but they are in a lot of pain right now. We've seen all the stats on mental health and uh, folks feeling very much alone. And, and so, and, you know, as humans, we need to meet each other where we're at. Uh, we have to take that time to just be with each other. And so I think, I think the most important is that people are in a lot of pain and we want to try to alleviate that. Yeah, I totally agree. And thank you for sharing. And, um, and Daniela. Well, uh, why not? It was already necessary before, um, before COVID, before virtual, as uh, Heather said, it's um, people are in pain for a long time before virtual yeah. world. Um, but the thing is, uh, pyramidal and hierarchical uh, way of working structures um, didn't allow it. Uh, it's not, mm -hmm. are not allowing it, and now it's just the virtual makes it more um, real. The need. Yeah. Betty. I feel that it's important uh, because we need to be our authentic selves. We've been mm -hmm. confined and as we've talked about earlier about in the four walls. So by humanizing it, it gets, allows us to, to personalize it and connect with people to find out more about their personal, their family, their business and their finances. So it allows us to be ourselves because we can see the expressions, the, the uh, visual expressions that people are making. I'm going to challenge you because there was a time where you kept home separate, you kept your personal life separate, right? And you have to remain, you know, personal, you remain professional, remain in your suit and you held up a mask. Now we are in a space where home, personal lives, our professional lives are mashing with each other. What do you have to say to managers, to people who don't believe both can mix, don't believe both can be integrated? Yes, well, I, think, <laughs> I think we have to. In fact, as I mentioned, I facilitated mm -hmm. a group this morning and what we did, we started including your personal life, your family, because if mm -hmm. your personal and family are upside down, it does flow over to your yeah. uh, your business and your financials. So it has to be inclusive. And how much you do this is, uh, to share depends on if you feel it's a safe haven or not. True. Heather, what what yeah. what do, what is your take on this? I was just gonna say, um, if they don't think that they're missing the mark and they need people like the ones right here on this screen to help them you know, get closer to the mark. So if they are wanting to have more retention, they're wanting to have more customer satisfaction, they're wanting to have you know, higher stake uh, stocks and, you know, stakeholder value, all those things, right? They're just not going to get that if mm -hmm. they can't manage to bring more of their selves to work. And then if you have your people bringing them, them full selves to work mm -hmm. and you're bringing yourself full selves to work, then voila, you get all the things yeah. you want. Yeah. And what do you have to share from a DEI perspective, uh, Daniela? Well, I have also um, actually an example, very uh, real happening right now uh, recently mm -hmm. with a client where uh, they experienced a very, very uh, 
hard time of burning out. Um, leadership was not engaging, but again, mm -hmm. pyramidal structure. Um, so the CEO is trying to connect to their people. Uh, and uh, there is also language barriers and many other mm -hmm. uh, barriers that were not uh, really considered before. So yeah. working on connection, uh, as Betty said before, is the first thing to create this trust. Then people actually can rejoin it and we can identify talents to have retention and then attract the new ones. So the process of uh, recruiting a new leader uh, that may be inclusive, we need first to clean up the <laughs> what's happening inside, right? to identify what the next leader will actually get in their hands. So uh, from a DNI perspective, it's uh, really necessary. Uh, it's, uh, it's the base of the diversity and inclusion. Yeah, I also have a challenging thing. So you brought in your ambassadors. Next time I will encourage everybody to bring in the ambassadors. So thank you, Emily, for joining. And also Alejandra is mentioning something real. She says, I hear a lot of people that apologize for every time their toddlers, mostly women, come in camera or the doorbell rings and none should be sorry for that stuff. Mm -hmm. How can we change that perspective? And in the end, our jobs are have entered our out our personal spaces and these situations belong to that. I totally agree. I agree. Um, remember that time when the BBC journalists had two yeah. kids, you know, the, the one kid <laughs> really made that post saying, yes, Humpty Dumpty Dum, I'm coming in. And the mother who was like a ninja removed mm -hmm. the kids. And at that time we made fun, but even though the guy kept his posture and nothing was, every, everybody liked it. But when it happens towards women, Mm -hmm. Why is it so that it's weird? I mean, my son mm -hmm. might be dropping in from time to time, and I'm just like, he's part of he's part of every solution that I bring in. So I cannot excuse him because my work mm -hmm. is now from home, and he, it's his home as well. Mm. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. yeah, just just a thought on that as well. Mm -hmm. um, I have a lot of women that I work with, and some most a lot of them do have small children, and mm -hmm. when that does happen, we Bring them in, say hello, because yeah. your environment has changed. Yeah. Um, you're no longer in your office. You're no longer in your in your cubby hole. So we also have to recognize the impact that it's having on the, your, your children as well. They yeah. want to know, what are you doing? Why are you at that laptop all the time? <laughs> and so this way it engages them to it as well. So I think it's important yeah. to include them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. yeah, I think it actually forces us to humanize. You know, we talk about this humanizing workplace. Well, this is our workplace, like right here. I'm in my basement and my kids are mm -hmm. walking around upstairs. And my dog is going click, click, click with her nails on the hardwood floor. <laughs> and, and so if I'm in a meeting, I mean, I'm, I've been on prospect calls and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm on a whole panel of people. And one kid will like peek over the, the side through like a door and I'll say, is that come, 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 come on, come on. Yeah. And then I'll be yeah. like, Here's Mateo. I mean, mm -hmm. so that's, I, I, I think if we all were to do that, we would mm -hmm. force the hand of humanizing the workplace. Yeah. Right? So that there's just no choice but them to see us for who mm -hmm. we are, period. Yeah. 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 I also see Emma is reacting. Emma is saying, I think a lot of women are often much more apologetic. I agree, as that is the way we unfortunately are brought up. 
men have different measure they are held to and we need to take this and change the narrative i totally agree but coming towards because otherwise we are sidetracking um i want to bring this up this following question and i want to start with daniela how are you lifting others while you are climbing if you would look into 2020 what did you do to lift others wow <laughs> Um, I think uh, as I climb, I'm climbing, I'm lifting others and others are lifting me <laughs> myself. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, a cycle. And um, this year will be, it was really challenging. Uh, but in the same time, I felt like it was the opportunity to build resilience together in a collective yeah. way like a collective intelligence became really the strength of uh, life for everyone. Yeah. Um, and um, when I talk about inclusive leadership, for me, it's about that as well. Lifting others, it's um, helping others grow uh, as you grow as well. And um, an example uh, in social projects, there is a Leaning Bordeaux network. Mm -hmm. uh, the network I run in Bordeaux, it's um, an amazing network for human uh, where actually uh, we created, we built this team of eight human helping each other to make impact and help the community and the leaders. Um, how we created the synergy and the cohesion of uh, being there for each other in difficult times, but also in the great times as well. Um, we built resilience together through this uh, confinement. And uh, uh, one of the things we did was like creating uh, a space to really thrive together and uh, implement the inclusive leadership approach. It's still ongoing, uh, but uh, I'm really, really proud of how they evolve and we are evolving together. I totally agree. I'm not part of the Lean In Bordeaux team. I'm part of, uh, well, team, um, I'm part of the Lean In Circle in Amsterdam, and they have been a blessing throughout um, this lockdown because sometimes I've been in challenging situations, especially the time when I had to um share my personal feelings regarding um what happened to george floyd and how it impacted me and impacted my son they have been a blessing so this is a shout out for leaning amsterdam circle to say thank you for the support as well as well okay. and humans first but then i'm going to bring it cool. on towards heather <laughs> heather what what do you have to share I um I've I've realized over the years I'm the only child and I've realized over the years that uh, uplifting others is the only way I, I I'm not alone, and yeah. so I am I choose and kind of everything I do to bring other people in. Uh, I actually feel a little uncomfortable when I'm sitting standing in the room by myself. To be honest, I like to be around around other people who are passionate, uh, brilliant, uh, heart focused, and so two ways I've done that uh, I've mentored people. In, basically folks who just reach out to me. There are folks that reach mm -hmm. out to me a lot on LinkedIn. And while there might be some people that are like me that would ignore those requests, I don't. So I take it upon myself to talk to pretty much almost everybody who reaches out to me because mm -hmm. I feel like I was put on this earth to uplift them in some way. And so I take that time. And then I think secondarily with my podcast, Leadership with Heart, 
Uh, I uplift people there. And then this next book, The Art of Caring Leadership, highlights 80 of those people that I've interviewed. And so that's a way to really highlight them. I try to find every avenue I can to highlight other people and, and the brilliance they bring, particularly in the heart space, in the leadership space. Um, so I focus a lot on that. And I think those are, I just, it's in the epitome. It's like, I live it. I breathe uplifting other people. I just feel empty when I'm not doing it. I love that. Thank you for sharing. And Betty, I think that you both are similar to, to that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I certainly get a lot of joy and pleasure in lifting up others. Uh, one of the things that I started doing more of is on social media, when I see that people received an award or a recognition, mm -hmm. uh, I certainly mm -hmm. repost it and you know, congratulate them and tag some other people. Or I might uh, make a statement or make a mention as to who else do you know uh, yeah. so they can bring some others into the fold uh, so they can get the recognition. Plus, as, as you're probably aware of, I launched uh, virtually the Women Elevating Women. And mm -hmm. this is a platform where I give uh, women an opportunity to talk about the pillars of success. And so a lot of them might not have had speaking engagements, but it allows them to come on and they, they pre-record seven minutes and they share their stories on what they've done on that particular pillar and how it can positively impact that particular woman business or visionary debt. So mm -hmm. um, there's things that we need to do more in terms of connecting because Right now, it's not just about, for my group that I work with, access to capital. We're closed in. It's access to information and to yeah. opportunities. And so that gives yeah. us an opportunity to, to show our leadership in that way. Yeah. Which brings me to uh, the next question that I have, because I know that we are talking about women, but men, bear with me. You can still implement mm -hmm. the tips that we share here. So no... I don't want no haterade about where are the men. <laughs> this month is a special tribute to women, and that's why I wanted to highlight it. But know that the tips that we are sharing is still applicable for men. So if you want to apply that, that's totally fine. But um, coming towards that, Betty, how can we best support women? Because um, to be honest, before I started my entrepreneurial journey, I had a mindset and I did not invest as much as I'm doing now in my knowledge. I did not invest as much as I knew now in my network. And there were so many other things that I did not, I was not, I wasn't doing until I switched on or activated my entrepreneurial mindset. Mm -hmm. How come, how come that it is the knowledge that we don't, invest enough in our knowledge or how come that we don't invest enough in our network? How come that we don't step outside of our comfort zone? I know I'm asking a lot, but. No, 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 absolutely. In terms of how we best support women. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that we have to come to terms with is that there is enough air out there for all of us. Amen. So as, as, as women, <laughs> once, we, once we learn how to collaborate and we, it's really a test of our fortitude because yeah. quite honestly we've not been very good at that um, mm -hmm. our male species have been but once we learn how to collaborate we'll find that we mm -hmm. can do some things together we have, we have no option because as a collective force we are a force of women to be reckoned with so once we, we drop those barriers and, and embrace each other I don't care because I work primarily with women in marginalized communities, if we drop mm -hmm. those barriers, we can be more supportive and we can all gain, we can all strive. 
the world is indeed big enough. I totally mm -hmm. agree. And Heather? You know, supporting women. I don't, I, I, I believe in supporting humans. So I'm, for me, mm -hmm. it's just like, I want to, whoever needs me and it tends to be the people who reach out to me to talk nine times out of 10 are women, right? They mm -hmm. want to find out about a journey or what their journey or helps, you know, some decision that they want to make or whatever it is. And so, um, you know, I think just being an ear, I, I, I am in I, empathy and compassion and listening, I think are just the cornerstones of everything that we need to be doing in the workplace. So, uh, you know, the way I think to support them is really to, to listen and, um, you know, and really listen deeply. I know there was one young lady that called me and, and after hearing her story, she was, I think she was assuming I was going to give her an answer. And no, I actually set her along a journey, a journey that she needed to go on, one of creativity to help her land on the spot she needed to go on. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I think that that real deep listening, the intense listening, and really trying to seek to understand, is cool because that, that that's the way you get the give them what they really need, right? And and often it's just inspiration. So that's how I choose to support women. Yeah, I totally get that, Daniela. I would like amazing comments Sorry. already uh, about the supporting women. Yeah, also. Um, I would add more about breaking bias, uh, how we can support women, eliminate, eradicating it from society, from the workplace. You can be an ally, you can uh, not be passive when discrimination comes uh, no. in the way, when someone uh, is not in the room. If I am not in the room and uh, there is a comment about me, I want to have allies in the in the room that will actually speak up for me uh, on behalf. And um, it comes to uh, bias related to gender, but also many other discriminations. We can go really far from uh, the conversation, but uh bias breaking bias is a way of uh supporting women as well uh, to help us continue thriving thriving and uh creating mentorship sponsorship sponsor yeah. us yeah. <laughs> mentor yeah. us um and uh yeah as women we can help keep helping each other as heather said um as well sometimes it's just listening Mm -hmm. um, I would say as an advisor as well, because I doing career advisor, uh, advisory sometimes uh, I need to step back to not say everything and that let them actually get in um, their own way. But sometimes I feel the need of getting, you know, giving a little push just to help them actually uh, get the first courage to step in. So uh, this is the way I work with my community as well. Uh, identify the leaders, I identify who is being more proactive and I approach them and I challenge them in small things <laughs> and seeing how it goes. Uh, giving them some tools and some resource and preparing the, you know, the, the field when they actually feel more comfortable to really lean in, in the, into the, the challenge they are facing. I totally agree. And the card was for Heather and for Daniela. <laughs> so for somebody calling out, you didn't give Heather a card. No, <laughs> but I wanted to, I wanted to, yes, I'm an inclusive. I don't want to call, you know, exclude people from this card, but I, I just also want to say something about this question because so many times when women are faced with an opportunity, they say no, because they don't fit 
maybe five of the ten, you know, skill mm. sets or whatever. And if if indeed the vacancy or if indeed the opportunity isn't a right fit, don't say no and let that person wander around like nobody's reacting. I can't find the woman directing towards somebody else that mm-hmm. you might know of. Because not only are you are you uh, helping that other person, but you're helping yourself indirectly as well because that person will remember. And next time that that person has something for you, they will know your name. Mm-hmm. So please let, let us stop saying no. Instead, say, how can I help you? Maybe I know somebody in, within my network who might be a right fit. Mm-hmm. Don't say no and shut down or close the door. Um, and also, I, I totally agree with what you said, Daniela, regarding the mentorship. And we need sponsors. We, mm-hmm. we don't need mentors. We need sponsors. And sponsors as in sponsoring knowledge, opening doors or sponsoring networks, or at least bringing us in into spaces where you don't see us that often. Mm-hmm. I agree. Exactly. Yeah. Alejandra is on fire. Yes. <laughs> He says, we need allies. We need spaces where women feel safe, secure, raising their voices, knowing that none will judge and we we will trust and support them. And that is why this doesn't belong to women. We need allies everywhere. Mm-hmm. Together mm-hmm. we are stronger. Mm-hmm. Yes. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Daniela. <laughs> Thank you, Alejandra. Um, going to the next question. What is your tip? to recruit allies in your journey? Because I do believe we need allies in our journey, but how do we approach them? Let's start with Heather. I, you know, I, my way of doing this, it has always been um, meeting people where they're at and mm-hmm. uh, finding out what it is that's important to them and kind of pinpointing that and speaking their language because not everybody's going to speak in my terms. Yeah. So I think like from a tactical tip, it's finding out if, you, if there's one per- particular person or a couple people that you have in mind in a workplace that you'd like for them to show up as allies, show up as sponsors, that kind of thing. Uh, it really is trying to approach them from their vantage point and maybe even how them turning into allies uh, would benefit you. I mean, often I fi- I've found that allies just kind of come up on their own. They're kind of an organic thing, but mm-hmm. there is sometimes we do have to, go out and, and um, kind of foster the relationship so that they see the reason behind, behind becoming allies. Yeah, it hmm. makes me think of Michael Jackson's song, Off the Wall, right? You cannot mm-hmm. be a wallflower and just expect allies to pop up. So come off the oh. wall and also, you know, engage in that relationship as well. Yeah, yeah. Daniela. Well, starting the conversation starting uncomfortable conversations um using empathy inquiry instead of judging um because mostly i i actually found the lies who were not aware of their bias very Mm. often by starting the conversation then they learn in the way and they they become allies because they didn't know what uh, they didn't know. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, yeah. as soon as we start the conversation, we'll, uh, it's a way of uh, getting people curious to learn more and talk more. And um, yeah, I really 
when I see human, often human comes to me uh, talking about it, actually, uh, maybe it's a coincidence, but um, how do I find a, an ally in my company? Uh, mm -hmm. It's opening up and going to the person that you trust most and opening up about your challenge, about everything and say, I need you <laughs> because otherwise yeah. you were alone, right? In a male, for example. So how do, how do you start that conversation? Is it, hey, do you want to become my ally or? No. <laughs> <laughs> Simply being uh, vulnerable and uh, bringing, uh, bringing up things that we never ch uh, share uh, usually, but uh, in a way where it's not about making you a victim. It's more about explaining uh, like, telling the story and uh, telling what is happening and how you are being treated, but in a way uh, where you can actually get the attention of the person, um, where they can actually be interested in help you. Usually if you trust this person and you work together, um, they will be sensitive to, to, this, um, to the situation of how to help you. Um, it's basically, helps. yeah. Yeah, and also what helps is n not sharing this in a group setting, but just have that one-on-one oh. -on -one conversation yes. with mm -hmm. the person because otherwise you won't know what their true color will be if they mm -hmm. are in a group and they might be saying no whilst they might be, they wanted to say yes, but because of the peer pressure of the mm -hmm. group, they are maybe afraid or maybe there are other reasons why they won't, you know, commit to what you're asking. Yes. Yes, um, it's a simply having someone who helps like credit your idea yeah. or, you know, any simple actions can actually lift you a lot. So um, maybe starting by trusting people who are close to you and see if there is a trust, if they're, they're not. <laughs> so I would leave, uh, yeah. to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. It's like it's the relationship building part, isn't it? I really feel like so much is relationship building. If you did that at the beginning with no matter what issue pops up and you've, like you just said, Daniela, you, that you built that trust up, it just makes it so much easier. It doesn't seem forced. Mm -hmm. And because they, they're your ally, even in a general sense in, at that point, mm -hmm. and then you get into with a specific issue and it's just, it just, it just happens more easily than if you just try to go cold into something without a relationship, yeah. right? It makes me it makes me also think about the relationship that my son has with his classmate. Mm. That something happens at a young age where kids don't learn mm. to connect with other people anymore. And the the much older we get, the more we lose that connectivity, mm -hmm. the more we lose the way to communicate with each other and really have that one-on-one -on -one conversation where you uh, you can agree to disagree, but at least respect each other in the workplace. Yeah. I'd like to add something to that that mm -hmm. I learned this year. My mm -hmm. coach uh, shared with mm -hmm. me um, in terms of recruiting allies. Mm -hmm. What she's been working with me on is to make sure that I have a clear narrative as mm -hmm. to who I am, what I represent, my values, and what I can bring to help resolve some of the, the solutions I can bring and the benefits they will get from these solutions. And mm -hmm. I have to be intentional about it. And yeah. quite honestly, that's how you and I met, through a mm -hmm. conversation that I had with the mutual relationship said, look, and I, we were very clear on where we stood. And, and that led to an introduction. So I think you need to have um, 
a very good clarity and make sure that it's clear, a clear narrative in who you're speaking to when you can talk about, you know, because if you don't have a clear narrative, it's hard for the ally. If they're confused yeah. as to what value you're trying to bring, yeah. the benefit that you'll bring in, in providing yeah. that service for that product, then it's yeah. going to be all over the place. So that yeah. is one of the tips that I would give it, and I still work on it. I love it. I love it. I also have a few reactions coming in. Um, Maribel is sharing, it's doable. It can also be challenging when you are the HR director at a company and are trying to show others you are not the enemy. Some trusted me while others didn't. I mm. built some good, strong relationships and others there were not budging them. You help uh, those who allow themselves to be helped. And yeah, I, I do agree. I do have I do have to be honest because I have a bias against HR, which is based on my experience from HR. Mm -hmm. So every time a, a comment pops up from a HR director, it brings up also that level of history that I have with mm -hmm. HR as well. And I get, I get what she's saying. I get what she's saying. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not easy always to be a person or the HR professional bringing in the bad news or bringing in the good news whilst people have seen you in different conversations where something maybe negative happened to them. So I, I totally understand that as well. Well, I'll tell you, I had to wear that hat one time. Mm -hmm. And I, my, my compliments to all those mm -hmm. who are in that HR yeah. field. That is not something I enjoy. I'm glad I've recognized mm -hmm. that. But um, what I found though, when you wear that hat, because I mean, you're dealing with everybody's problems. Anything yeah. be, it's hard to have the allies, but then you have to define what do you mean by an ally? Yeah. Um, what you really are looking for is that you know that I'm going to drive the mission forward and mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest and forthright uh, because that is a that's a place that at the HR person, you're there to resolve everybody's issue, regardless mm -hmm. of the, uh, the depth of it. So yeah. um, that's not a role that I ever want to be in again. Congratulations yeah. to you for staying in there. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and we need HR. Lifting others. Yes, we need <laughs> HR. You have to recognize you know, HR is an. That's not what HR is in an untenable position. They really are. There's a there's a huge you know the, the organization needs them, the people on the mm -hmm. ground need them, and mm -hmm. unfortunately they're competing interests, and so they're kind of stuck right in the middle. Mm -hmm. So I mean, um, I understand that because as a child I was really stuck in the middle of some battles of different sides of things, and so I understand how they're having to stand there and be kind of um, two faced. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really what, and, and, and it's just, it re, it's a requirement of the job, right? And at the same time, they want to have heart, exhibit heart, but then they have to also hold their hearts back mm -hmm. in order to do some parts of their role. It's yeah. a very intentional position. I, I am with you. Like blessings to all who are in that role. We need that role. I do not agree <laughs> to get rid of that role. Um, I see the value, but it is hard. Yeah, yeah. I see it. Yeah. Oh, well. I also wanted to share Alejandra. I think Alejandra is inviting herself to to come to this show. So we need to speak <laughs> the same language, make them understand that the change can only be brought by all movements work together. Be empathic mm -hmm. and also challenge them to address each problem in different times and spaces. And Alejandra, you need to write something, a book or something, because you're bringing in awesome, awesome comments as well. Um, I want to go to the next question because 2020 is almost ending and oh, what a challenging year it has been. It's mm -hmm. been a it has been a storm for everybody. Everybody is riding, you know, having 
different boats, different boat sizes, maybe an airplane or a yacht or a private plane for some of uh, the, for the 1% people, but everybody <laughs> was in this storm. And I just want to applaud everybody for, um, for making it, but also say, also share a little bit of support and heart for those who didn't and those who lost mm. a friend or our lost one, because it is challenging. And I also want to uh, share my condolences or my sympathy towards that as well. But I'm also looking forward to beyond the afterlife of COVID or after, after COVID because I'm done. I'm done with this lockdown. I'm done with this physical distancing. I need to hug people. I need to see people. And I need to be around different people than my my. Yeah. my my partner and my child i need to really see people so i'm looking forward to that in 2021 hopefully um somewhere in 2021 where we are able to meet each other and i also want to make a commitment to both of you hopefully be seeing both of you in or all of you um in a commitment before 2025 mm-hmm. yeah that's what mm-hmm. i'm striving for so mm-hmm. Hopefully. Ending on that note, what is your wish for 2025 when it comes to humanizing the workplace and lifting others as you climb? And I'll start with Betty. For me, this has been a very tough year. And mm. I'm, I'm just proud that I'm able to even be on this call. Because uh, if I start talking about it, I'll start tearing up. But uh, for me, the wish for 2025 is that we allow ourselves time to think. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people with their businesses, they've had to uh, pivot, uh, but recognize that we've had to shift. And I do believe that we are very durable individuals, but take time to think. I've, I've taken time to look inwardly and uh, not judge myself, not to be so hard on myself, but to use this as an opportunity to see how can I make things better? Mm-hmm. How can I help someone else that's in a different situation? Uh, because we've been going a mile a minute. And essentially, the COVID has made us come to a screeching halt. Mm. So rather than be disgusted and angry with it, that we use to find the good, the good and what we can do for others. And that's why what I've done is with these virtual platforms, I try to bring other uh, women in to talk about what have they done? What are some of the beautiful things that they've done? How have they shifted their businesses uh, in, spite, in spite of the COVID? So uh, take time to think and take time for self. Love it. Thank you for sharing that as well. And Heather? I wish, my wish would be that um, all those who have the power to change the experience for employees in the workplace uh, do so, and that they show more intentional care for those that they lead, for those who look to them for guidance. Uh, in the end, this is a this is a this is a, a like haves and have nots. This is a power play that that exists yes. inside the workplace. When we're talking about women, when we're talking about minorities, when we're talking about uh, employees at the very front line of the business, and we're t- right all of this. There's just so there's so much power dynamic going on here, and so my wish would be. Um, that those in leadership decide to uplift others by caring more, showing more care in how they interact with their people, how they show up every day, how much they um, include them, how much they accept them for who they are through and through. That would be my wish. Can I add something on that as well? Mm -hmm. Um, I want to also apply the word self 
for leadership. So if every time that you read or listen to somebody saying leadership, also look at yourself mm -hmm. as in self-leadership. We don't always need to wait until leaders say have the okay or give the green light. I would I wish that you look in your own environment, your own zone, as in how you can apply everything that Heather also, everything that Betty has shared within your own environment as well. Amen. Oh, can you put the awesome sign up? I can't hold that up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah, my wish is kind of this a compliment to what Heather said and you uh, already added that, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, leaders, companies, um, I just wish it would be just normal being inclusive, mm -hmm. part of the, the journey and not a marketing thing. Um, and that I think every single individual uh, as you said, the self-leadership is not applied only for leaders and who mm -hmm. has the power. Every single individual in the company, they can play a game to make it work, make change. So uh, being a lie, uh, being uh, a listener, but very uh, empathetic. Um, it's about learning how to uh, work together in a learning environment and uh, again as we already mentioned here the bringing the sense of belonging and uh, really feel you are part of something and that you can bring your voice share your ideas uh, but also not burn out yeah I, <laughs> and not I, applaud, that. I applaud that and I I couldn't have said it any better and I am grateful for having the three of you here today as in the last episode for this year and also as a positive message for ending 2020 and bring this message back to 2021 because I'm not doing this episode just for you to leave it in 2020. I am going to do, I'm doing this episode for you to bring it back to the future generations and the, the following years where we are uh, unapologetic living our lives, but also unapologetic being ourselves at home, but also in the workplace while respecting each other as well. So I want to say thank you for the listeners. Thank you for those who are watching live. Thank you for those who are watching the replay or listening to the replay. I just want to share one thing. And that is, like I said, you can always watch or listen to this episode. So share some love, share some reviews. And I want to say thank you to all the guest speakers of today, because uh, again, it's the last day or my last episode for uh, this year. And I truly value you for inspiring not only me, but also so many other people who are watching or listening to this episode. Thank you. I'm also thank you. Thank you so much. Four of you, thanks for being so open, vulnerable, and honest. And this is what real leaders do. It is a pleasure to be part of this session. So thank you for your support, Alejandra. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for uplifting us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Let's continue this journey. So I'm expecting to see more of you, all of the three of you next year. And Absolutely. I will support. So thank you. Yes. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. Thank so you. Much.
Bye, Bye everybody. Bye. Be well. Happy, Stay healthy. healthy. Happy Christmas. Happy, 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 yes, happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> happy holidays. Bye. 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 Bye.